Hi everyone, Dr. Elizabeth Bonet here. Dr. Liz, welcome to the Hypnotize Me podcast. Before we jump in, please note that the podcast is not mental health treatment, nor should it replace mental health treatment. If you need psychotherapy or hypnotherapy, please seek treatment from a trained professional. I do hypnosis all over the world, so please feel free to contact me through my website, drlizhypnosis.com, D-R-L-I-Z-hypnosis.com. Hi everyone, Dr. Liz here. I am happy to announce that I am interviewing Wendy Weber this week on the podcast. She really is an amazing hypnotherapist trainer. I took her courses, several of her courses myself, and then I read her book, The Devil's Therapy, which is on Amazon. She describes it as advanced training for hypnotherapists, and it really is. It's all about regression to cause which means that we try to go back and find where the origin of the problem is. Now, when we say go back, that means generally in time. So that may be to childhood, it may be to some trauma that happened. Um, we really don't know, but we ask the question, when did this start? And that's a particular technique that you do in hypnotherapy that you really do need special training for. Wendy Weber has 30 years of experience as a healing practitioner, including 15 years specializing in the practice of regression to cause hypnosis and emotional healing work. She's also the author of The Devil's Therapy, Hypnosis Practitioner's Essential Guide to Effective Regression Hypnotherapy. She has been awarded the Five Path Leadership Award and the Gerald F. Kine Award of Excellence in Hypnotism. We talk about the difference between regression and a surface technique, like when do you use what, right? Where and when emotional issues start, um, how she put together her training courses, and the subconscious mind's primary goal. That's near the end of the interview. So I hope everyone is healthy and safe. Perhaps you're listening to this because you're resting. That's okay too. Thank you for tuning in, and I hope that you learn something from the interview as well as enjoy it. Peace. Hi, Wendy. Welcome to the Hypnotize Me podcast. Hi, Liz. Thanks for having me. Yes. Well, I am so excited you're here. I really loved your new book that you put out, Devil's Therapy. Thank you. Yeah. I think I'd like to start the conversation by asking what your first experience was with hypnosis. Oh, goodness. Um, okay. I, you know, I have to be honest. I was never interested in hypnosis. Really? <laughs> no, <laughs> I wasn't. Um, what drew me into hypnosis was a book. And uh prior to the world, <laughs> wild and wacky world of hypnosis, um, I owned a bookstore. Uh -huh. And uh, this was a um, self-help, metaphysical, personal development uh, bookstore that became the hub of a healing community where I live. And so I, I got all the, you know, all the healers came in, the, the Reiki practitioners, the massage therapists, the psychotherapists, the drug and alcohol counselors, the native community leaders. Um, mm. the, this, was the, this was the place that everybody came to hang out and, and to get information. And 
so um, that's probably where I, you know, where it began because I was reading everything under the sun. But I was just, you know, I was never drawn to hypnosis. And, you know, I'm not one of those people that was grown up with a family full of hypnotists. Uh Um, You know, you often hear those stories. Yes, my great grandfather was a mesmerist. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I had a prenatal yoga student once. This is far before I was trained. I wasn't even in practice. But she did hypnosis and she did her own hypnobirthing type of thing. And she said, it's a family tradition. My dad teaches hypnosis. He does training. We all got certified. Like it wasn't even her main profession, but it was, yeah, it was like a family thing. Yeah, that's often the case. But for me, I kind of came in through another door. And for me, I was always interested in the healing consciousness that that it, if I were to put it in a nutshell, that was it healing with the mind, healing consciousness. And so I was reading, reading a book. (laughs) I read many, many books, um, but I was reading one particular book and, and this one had just really captured my, my interest. And I was actually on my fifth reading of this book, which like never happens. Um, But there was just something about it. I kept going back to him going, well, I don't know. What is it about this that really gets me? And at some point I was, I can still remember this. I'm standing in my dining room and I have this skylight in the dining room. And and the way I remember it, of course, is this, you know, ray of sunshine came down and bonked me on the forehead. But I was standing there with a book in my hand. And suddenly it occurred to me that this entire book was, was based in research that had been done in regression hypnotherapy sessions. And, and, mm. and I, I thought to myself, Rick, wait a minute, regression, isn't that hypnosis? And so, you know, kind of the, the, the bell rang for me and within a matter of, I was signed up for my first certification course. Wow. What book was it? It's a, it's an oldie and a goodie. It's called the healing power of illness. It was mm. written by Thorwald Detlefsen, and I'm sorry, I don't remember the, the MD that co-wrote it with him, mm-hmm. um, but it's, it's been out for, I don't know, probably 40 years now, been translated into 25 different languages, and wow. and uh, it's, yeah, it's really, really fascinating book. I'll have to check it out. Mm. You know, I'm an avid reader, too. I read, I don't know, anywhere from like 70 to 100 books a year. Oh, wow, good for you. Yeah. <laughs> and I can only think of one book that I've read that many times, and that's Harriet the Spy, you know? So it's like... <laughs> I want to check out this book if it was that fascinating. Well, it's not fiction. (laughs) Yeah, I I get that. I get that. I mean, I do reread sometimes for understanding, right? For comprehension. Mm -hmm. If I I go through something too fast um, or I'll flip through something later that I held on to. But yeah, that's a lot of times. So then you signed up for certification. You actually have really extensive training in hypnosis. So then did that become a career for you? Well, once I've done my my basic certification, um, I, I got my first client, uh-huh. <laughs> and I and and I very quickly uh, discovered that I I really didn't have what I needed to do what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. My first client came in uh, with she she had a somatic condition. She was actually. Uh, had been in a, a really bad car accident in her mm-hmm. teens, and that was probably 20 years prior. And uh, it had left her having to wear a brace and work, walk with a with a crutch. And um, 
the the doctors couldn't find anything wrong with her. They they you know all the tests had come back that essentially uh, you know she should be healed, but she was not apparently. Mm-hmm. And she had been reading a book. See, books do mm-hmm. a lot for people. They do. Uh, <laughs> she had been reading a book called the body electric and because of this yeah 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 and she and she so what dawned for her was well maybe this is an emotional problem and maybe that's what I need to get dealt with and so when she came to see me I just very quickly realized well this is a job for regression and I actually haven't taught how to do that that's what I went into hypnosis to learn but it wasn't covered in the basic training yeah and so Yes, she was the impetus right there to go no further, just continue to learn. And so that's what I did. I, I moved on and, and just kept, you know, I, I have three certifications um, just in hypnosis and then a raft of other kind of specialization certifications as well. But I did three basic to advanced courses in with different approaches mm-hmm. because no hypnosis schools are not all alike. There's different approaches, like there's Ericksonian and then there's Almanian. So I was trained in the Almanian school. Um, uh, The first one was kind of cross training Mm -hmm. in both approaches, but but I was leaning to the Almanian approach because that's regression. Mm -hmm. That's regression to cause specifically, and that's what I was interested in. Great, great. A lot of our listeners won't even know what regression hypnosis is. <laughs> so, okay. Yeah. Well, so, do you want to give the one liner about it? <laughs> well, just as there are many schools and many approaches to, to the facilitation of therapeutic hypnosis, so that is the use of hypnosis or the state of hypnosis for the purposes of healing. And there are different approaches to that. And there are different approaches to regression as well. So there are relaxation approaches and there are abreactive approaches. And so it really depends on the practitioner and where they got their training. I'm trained in multiple approaches. So, mm-hmm. um, Janet, you know, if someone's looking for a regression hypnotherapist, my, my counsel to them is, well, have a conversation with them and, and, uh, you know, ask some hard questions and find out, you know, how qualified they are. Where do they get their training? Because, you know, it's just, it's just like going to a doctor, you know, there's general practitioners, yeah. you know, so your GPs kind of, deal with surface issues. But then when they get into something more specialized, then they will refer you to a specialist. And it's really the same way with hypnosis as well. You know, there's some people that just specialize. So I specialize in regression to cause therapeutic hypnosis. Mm -hmm. Which means we go back in time. Yeah. So regression to cause is that, uh, um, and regression is for emotional issues. Again, there's different approaches. Surface mm-hmm. issues, they respond very well to surface techniques like NLP and uh, mm-hmm. to um, direct suggestion and guided imagery. You know, I often see it as like a tiered approach versus like a surface issue, because this is why I say that. Like sometimes a surface issue means like perhaps you just have white coat syndrome where your blood pressure goes super high at the doctor's office, right? And so, and this is this is a true, true story. We can do one session and take care of that and you're, you're totally fine. That's more surface, right? Absolutely. Or someone yep. who comes in to stop smoking, sometimes yep. that surface, sometimes it's not. Well, I don't, I don't really qualify a surface uh, versus a deeper technique in terms of the time that it takes. 
Mm -hmm. um, because even deeper techniques can can be resolved in a very short period of time. It just depends on, you know, how much complexity is involved. Yes. But a surface issue would be something like, I want to improve my golf swing. Oh, yeah. Um, or, or I had a baby and I gained an extra five pounds and I need a little help getting that weight off yes, as opposed yeah. to um, I survived a car crash and I haven't been able yeah, to recover right. like, like my first right. client, right? What, that's what she needed. She needed mm-hmm. regression to cause. So regression to cause is specifically about I, finding what's called the initial sensitizing event. And that is the first event, the, the, the event that actually caused the symptoms in the first place. And the reason we want to find that event is because, first of all, that's where the problem got started. And second of all, is because that's the easiest situation to resolve because it doesn't have a lot of stuff added to it yet. Yeah. When um, someone's looking for a specialist, right, they're looking for a regression hypnotherapist, they have a suspicion, I would say, that something that's going on in them is deeper, right? It's a deeper emotional issue. Or perhaps I get calls similar. I just talked to someone last week who they said, you're totally fine. He'd had every test under the sun run. And they said, there's no physical explanation here. This is emotional. And so another therapist had referred him to me. So it's like the suspicion that, okay, something else is going on here. Or perhaps they've tried all kinds of stuff. Does that happen? Like they try other things, nothing seems to work. So they end up in your That office. is often the case. You know, the 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 hypnotherapist is usually the last stop. Uh, most people will, will, yeah. will go <laughs> right. to conventional approaches. Um, you know, they'll go to their medical practitioner because they have medical insurance. Um, and so it's not until, you know, they've already exhausted everything else that they think, well, okay, I'm going to give this you know, one last kick of the can, maybe there's something going on in my mind, you know, maybe this is an emotional issue. Uh And um, 97% of all conditions that are treated by primary healthcare practitioners are based in some kind of unresolved stress. Mm -hmm. And that's what persistent, unresolved emotional stuff is, it's internal stress. Yeah, yeah, right. So, Can you give someone an idea about what to expect? I know you do mostly training now. um, And I told the listeners at the beginning, like I took your courses. They're fantastic. I learned so much. Um, Similar to you, it's like my basic training did not cover anything about regression hypnosis is an excellent training, but I got, I sought additional training for that. And then I found your courses, which seem to put the pieces together for me. And this book, this new book is fantastic. I considered a supplement to that. And so I learned even more, but like being a practitioner, I know what to tell somebody to expect, right? Like, all right, you're going to come in and we're going to do this. And I think the, <laughs> the biggest, the biggest thing I have to emphasize, and I want to know your experience around this too, is that I don't have a magic wand. Like so many people feel like they want to be fixed and they'll even say, I understand that. I understand that. And then they really want that. They're like, you know, they want the one session miracle or something like that. Yeah. yeah. Well, don't we all? (laughs) Don't we (laughs) all? Yeah. Yeah. We just want a pill. We just give me a pill. Just make the problem go (laughs) away. That'd be even easier. You you know, and sometimes that works, (laughs) but it does. Yeah. You know, when you're, 
When you're dealing with an animal issue, you know, by the time you're three or four years old, you have felt every emotion under the sun. And so often emotional issues are rooted in early childhood. And so that's where we want to go to, to find the solution to the problem. And then sorting it out at that level allows kind of a ripple effect up to adult consciousness um, so that the, the symptoms, whatever they might happen to be, the lump, the bump, the ache, the pain, the, you know, the irrational fear, the, you know, the unwanted habitual knee-jerk reactivity, whatever that problem happens to be, um, will just dissolve away. And this is the difference um, from, you know, surface technique will generally focus on the symptom. Mm -hmm. Regression does not focus on the symptom. It focuses on getting to the underlying cause of the problem. So when a person, um, well, I no longer see clients, but when I did, mm-hmm. when a person called me and said, I got this problem, can you help me with it? Um, I would spend some time and say, okay, tell me about what it is that you're dealing with. Mm-hmm. I want to find out how is this problem expressing? That's what the symptom is. And often there's multiple symptoms. And then my approach was always, I'm totally transparent. I'm going to tell that person exactly what's going to happen when they come to see me. There's no cloak and dagger here. Mm-hmm. And I'm very clear as well that I don't have a magic wand. You do. Mm-hmm. The power to heal, the power to resolve the problem resides within the client. Yes. Um, I, I'm just skilled at being able to help a person gain access to that power that's within them. And then I can guide them to utilize that power in a way that creates the healing that they're after. And so that's really all we do. We're, you know, more than anything, we're just guides into this unknown territory that we call the subconscious mind. And it's a wonderful and a magical and an expansive territory within each and every individual that's filled with awesome potential. But unfortunately, it's all got also got, you know, all of that stuff that we don't want to look at. Um, So, you know, those those unresolved fears that come from childhood, those unresolved grievances, the anger issues and the the grief and the sadness that we're still carrying, uh, you know, for years often, Mm -hmm. um, that stuff's in there as well. And fortunately, we have a technology that allows us to eradicate those things. And it can truly transform lives. Absolutely. Yes. I've seen that in my own practice as well as personally transformed my life. Exactly. Yes. So what led you to write this book? This is actually a rewrite. The original Devil's Therapy was written 10 years ago. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So this is a rewrite. I've learned a lot in the last 10 years. And so I've incorporated a lot of that into this book. Mm -hmm. Um, But when I first wrote it, I was attending uh, a regression hypnotherapy boot camp. You know, this was an advanced level mm-hmm. of training. It was extraordinary. It was just such a great experience and great people were attending this. And I, I was looking around during the class and I was noticing that, you know, people were writing furiously. They were taking notes, lots of notes. Yeah. And I was thinking, oh, they're missing so much because they're so busy, you know, trying to get it down on paper that they're not actually seeing what's happening during a demonstration or they're not really paying attention to the, you know, to be what's being shared here. And this is, this is gold. Mm -hmm. And so um, at the end of the day, or one day I I was having a, you know, after class, I was sitting with my roommate who, who's a psychotherapist and I was, and I was just ranting 
ranting about what how great the class was. And uh, and I said, you know, these guys, they, got, they need to write a textbook. <laughs> Everybody's mm-hmm. sitting there making these notes and what's needed is a textbook. And she looked at me and said, well, you know what you just told me? And I said, no. <laughs> no. And she says, that's what you ought to be doing. So I did. I came home and I wrote it. <laughs> wow. Wow. Who was running the course? Uh, at that time, it was uh, Matt Sison and Randy Shaw. Okay. I've heard and I think they, they didn't do that many boot camps. I went to the first, the first and the third. Um, and uh, I, I don't know, they probably did about a half a dozen of them in Park City. And they were phenomenal experience, but they're not doing them anymore. So you went home and wrote the book. Yep. When did you start doing your courses? I think I started, I think it was 2016. Oh, oh that I I, is that recent? Yeah, that I started filming them. Okay. Yeah. I feel lucky now. Like <laughs> <laughs> my main course is like 20 hours of, of online video. Yeah. Um, but, you know, for every hour that goes into, um, you know, a video course, mm-hmm. there's 40, 50, 60 hours of work actually producing that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's a massive undertaking. It really is. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, for myself, I, I mean, I'd never been in front of a camera. I, you know, I, I've never done public speaking, any of that sort of thing. And so this was all very new territory for me. And I, ha- I had quite a learning curve ahead of me. So, um, mm. it, you know, it, t- it took me a little longer to, you know, to figure out all the tech end of things and to, mm-hmm. you know, get all the equipment that I needed and to learn how to do putting a course together. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm even more impressed to know that you had like no background in doing that because None. No, they're, re- they're really good, you know? <laughs> oh, I mean, you. you know, I signed, I don't remember how many I took, four or five. And so it took me a year to get through them all because it is a lot of content. Not that that was constant for me, but, you know, I would like, all right, I got to finish this one. I got to get through it. You know, I got to look at all this and I just learned so much. Um, Well, you know, originally I built the whole course. It took me about a year to build it and uh it was built as a single course. Mm -hmm. Um, But then I didn't really know if there was, you know, does anybody really even want to know about this? Is there Uh a market? There wasn't any way for me to do any market research on it. So what I decided to do uh, was to put my courses up on Udemy and run them there for a while just to see if I got any hits. Uh In order to do that, because Udemy is a much different market, Um, it tends to be a millennial um, uh, marketplace. And so they want really quick, concise learning, uh, actionable learning experiences. And so what I did was I basically busted the course up into individual mini courses. And, uh, and so I put them up on Udemy and they did really well. I made it into the top 10% of instructors on Udemy. Cool. Um, And, you know, I was getting like five star reviews on, on all the courses. Mm -hmm. And, um, um, and I just, I just left them there because I was kind of overwhelmed by all the tech, but eventually um, I, I built my own site and I got what I needed to be able to host it myself. And so what I did was I, I pulled it off of Unimi and I reconstituted, reconsolidated all of the courses into a single learning opportunity for, you know, for serious practitioners. And so it's all there in a single course now as very step-by-step. Ah, 
Oh, very cool. Very cool. Yeah. I found myself doing um, my own organization of like, oh, I need to go through it this way and that way. So yeah, that makes sense to me. Like Mm -hmm. when you put it all together and you originally conceptualized of it as a single time through the space time. Right. (laughs) Right? So in my book, it's a three phase system. The first phase is set up. Mm-hmm. And that's what my Ready for Regression course is about. So the book is the why. It's yeah. I call it the book of why. So uh-huh. it, it's why do we do what we do when we do it? Yeah. But the Ready for Regression course is really about the how-to. And, mm-hmm. and that's phase one. Because if you can do everything in phase one, you can do the whole therapy. Yes, that's true. Um, yeah, I felt like the the book filled in more of the theoretical is what you're talking about. The why, why do we do this? Yeah. Although I do feel like the book filled in some of the how, like some of the um, script pieces. And, you know, when I talk about scripts for the listeners, it's like we have, they're really like prompts, you know, these days, teachers, or you can find them on the internet or artists, they have prompts, right? Like, okay, I want you to write about this, or I want you to draw about this. And scripts are the same way for hypnotherapists, I find for myself, at least, because there's so much customization that goes on when I'm working with the client that it's impossible for me to just read a script. You know, I I don't know, maybe some people do that. But when you're working with regression, there is no script, really. Because no, you don't know. The client is the script. Yeah, the client is the script. That's a good way to put it. You don't know what's mm-hmm. going to come up. So if someone's going back, they may go back to um, 17 when they had a car accident, or they may go back to seven before a car accident, right? Or they may go back yep. to four or three. And so they might go back to the womb. Yes, or before. <laughs> I have clients that jump before, and I'm like, okay, like I have no script for this. Right? <laughs> Let's see where this goes. I'm just going to yeah. stick with them. That's what I'm here for, to stick with them. Um, so, yeah, it's like you handle whatever comes up. And Well, you know, every, every hypnosis practitioner begins you know, the art of delivering suggestions. I mean, suggestion is the basis of everything we do. Yes. Okay. So do you, when a client sits in the chair and you say, we're going to begin the induction now, is that okay with you? And they go, yes. Okay. And so the first suggestion I'm going to give them is we'll take a nice long, deep breath in. And Mm -hmm. that's a suggestion, right? True. Yeah. And so, so the first thing that we learn is the art of suggestion and that is how to deliver a suggestion in a way that is effective. It's called elegant. So -hmm. an elegant suggestion is one is as brief as possible and gets the desired result. And so we start there because that's really the foundation for everything you're going to do. If you're going to ask a person to go back to a, a you know, a, an, an event that's earlier in life, then you need to deliver a suggestion that's going to get that effect. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the things that we do very in early when we're learning is we work with scripts because there are so many great people who have gone before us who developed wonderful turns of phrases and really effective yes. uh, suggestions that uh, there's no point in reinventing the wheel. You know, if they it's figured true. it out, you it's might true. as well use it. And I'll, you know, I will shamelessly borrow anyone's suggestion if I, you know, if it works, <laughs> right. I'm yeah. going to use that. <laughs> yeah. I see it as a skeleton. Like that's my skeleton right there. And absolutely. There's also, um, Sometimes with the inductions, the relaxation part, you know, I don't need to reinvent that, right? It's pretty simple. Like it's the same thing 
pretty much yeah, every time. That's true. Yeah. So I'll often use a script for that or or do it by heart. Depends. You know, it's just not it's not that hard once you get the hang of it. Yeah. But um what would you say to someone who is scared of going back? Well, nobody wants to to, you know, go back into painful past memories, uh, you know, I mean, we human beings are hardwired to seek pleasure and avoid pain. True. <laughs> and in fact, that's usually what's behind most of the problems that we have, you know, we want to avoid the pain of the problem. And unfortunately, avoidance is often the, the problem in the first place. So, so um, that's part of the setup. One of the things that I want to do before we start even doing the hypnosis is I want to get all that out of the way. The subconscious mind's prime directive is safety. Mm-hmm. That's what it's most concerned with. Our subconscious mind is designed to keep us safe, to protect us. Its entire mandate is based on survival. And so as hypnosis practitioners, our job is to work with that. So we have to make the, the process safe for the client. And the client really needs to know this. And this is part of the alliance. You know, we set up the, the therapeutic relationship is an alliance. We work together. I'm never asking going to ask a client to go somewhere they don't want to go. I need their permission to go there. Yeah. Nothing's going to happen without their permission. Right. And so the, so we're always working toward that. And so um, I spend a considerable amount of time educating the client so that they are sufficiently trained to be able to do the work that they need to do to heal themselves. See, I can't do it for them. Mm -hmm. The healer is within the individual. I'm going to help them to gain access to that. And so we do this together. That's the whole, that's the whole game plan. We do this together. The nice thing is that the client doesn't have to do it alone. They're not dealing with the problem alone. They have someone who's look, been there, done that. I know the territory. I'm going to keep you safe. True, true. Yeah. And the worst thing that can possibly happen is that they're going to feel an uncomfortable feeling. And the good news is, is even even the worst feeling will last no longer than 90 seconds. That's it. Maximum. The worst feeling. The reason we keep reliving the same emotions is because we keep putting a lid on them. So we don't let that feeling come up and express completely. It comes up for two or three seconds and we stop it. Yeah, I've heard this before. I've heard this also in like the addiction world, like an urge only lasts 90 seconds if you can get through that 90 seconds. But I do question it. So you're a good person to ask about it, actually. I mean, personally, sometimes the urge lasts far longer than 90 seconds. Is it 90 upon 90 upon 90? I mean, where do you call it? You know what I'm saying? Or like when someone's really sad, they'll tell you that there's nothing 90 second about that sadness. So what are, what are they referring to? And people or researchers are saying, oh, it only lasts 90 seconds. It's like, I can tell you nothing about that was 90 seconds. I'm talking about an actual emotion. If you're feeling an emotion and you allow yourself to feel it fully 90 seconds, that's it. That's okay. it. That's the that's the biological hormonal reality that it it basically uh, will spend itself in within ninety seconds. Sixty seconds is more likely. Ninety is the worst case scenario. Really? The problem is that we're very skilled at putting you know at shutting down our emotions. This is this mm. is the problem. This is why we have these persistent emotional problems. It's that we keep 
putting a lid on it, putting a lid on it, putting a lid on it. And what that does is it creates this kind of internal pressure cooker so that that feeling that's trapped inside keeps getting stronger and stronger and stronger. And the reason it's getting stronger is because it's trying to find a way out. Mm-hmm. And so if we just give it permission to express, and this is what we do, we do it in a session, we do it in a very safe environment, and we give the client a way to release that emotion safely. So sometimes I'll use tapping, sometimes I'll use, you know, a pillow or something, we just want to get, get the body moving and move that energy out of the body. And you do that, and it doesn't last very long at all. I you know, once it's out, it's over. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, when you, you think about let's say I'm doing a two hour session, right? And only half of that, or sometimes a little bit more than half of that is in hypnosis. I'm trying to think almost a hundred percent people feel better afterwards. They feel calmer. They feel happier than let's say it did. That's longer than 90 seconds, but the emotion did pass. Um, A good portion of that is doing the healing. It's not all in the feeling. It's not all in the feeling stage um, where everything is coming up. Some of that is really in the healing. But like you see in the book, the feeling is what heals. Yes, it's it's releasing. It's releasing the feeling. When you allow yourself to feel a feeling and let it complete, that is the healing. Mm-hmm. Once that's done, it's released. It's it's done. It's finished. Now, one of the things that can happen is that when we've got this kind of overburden of unresolved emotional stuff, you know, and it's stacking up over time, we can end up with one one feeling on top of another, and uh, and there's a lot of resistance to that simply because the first time it was overwhelming. Uh, little little kids, they don't have the ability to regulate their emotions. So it's, they don't know how to feel strong emotions. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they don't know what to do with them. They're not biologically, they can't. They, you know, they just haven't developed capacity for that. And they're easily mm-hmm. overwhelmed by stuff. I mean, if they don't understand what's going on in, in the environment, that can, that can feel overwhelming. And so that can bring up strong emotions that feel like they're too much for the child. And so that gets a lid put on it. And then something else happens and that gets added to that. And that gets a lid put on it. And these things will stack up over time. And this is how a person can end up with, you know, like depression. Uh, that's just stuff that just keeps stacking up over time. And the only way to deal with it is to keep a lid on it. You mean to take the lid off? The only way to deal with it? No, this you is, mean this is how they've been dealing this with is it. This how is they've been the dealing on. with it. Yeah. Oh, so this okay, is a, at some point it gets too bad Yeah, and they can't keep that lid on anymore. Yeah. Yeah. So this is when, you know, symptoms start to appear and it might be, uh, for example, overeating. Overeating is often a, a you know, a self-medicating um, strategy. Mm-hmm. It's a coping strategy. I've got all this internal emotional debris here. I don't know what to do with, don't want to look at it. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to self-soothe or, uh, you know, I'm going to fill that empty place within me or whatever that, you know, I mean, it's going to be mm-hmm. different for every individual. This is another thing you see, the, the, just because these six people have got the same symptom doesn't mean they have the same problem. Yeah, absolutely. You see, the behaviors that we deal with are are rooted in an individual experience. And so that's what we need to resolve. What was it that created the problem in the first place? Um, Very true. Um, I mentioned depression earlier. You know, depression mm-hmm. is so common in our in our culture. And so many people are, are, you know, they go to the doctor and they get antidepressants. And nobody ever asks, well, what's going on? Why do you have this problem? It will be different for every individual, but it generally it has to do with just putting a lid on those uncomfortable emotions because at some point they were taught that it wasn't okay 
to feel those feelings. We're told this in families, you know, I'll give you something to cry about, young lady, or, you know, do you take that anger and you you put that inside, young man, you're not, you're not going to express that, you know. Um, and so we learn pretty early on that uh, we have good feelings and bad feelings and the bad ones, we, we're not supposed to express them, but there's no place for them to go. When we stuff them down inside, they get trapped there. And that's when they start to seek a way to express. And they can come out through um, physical symptoms. They can, they can find expression through, you know, confusion, frustration, like behaviors like overeating, smoking. Those are often coping strategies. So that's what we want to find out is what's driving that problem? What's driving that behavior? What's driving that particular symptom so that we can actually eradicate it for good? Absolutely. Yes. Well, we are coming to the end of our time. This has been a fascinating conversation. Thank you so much for that. Can you please tell people how to find you? Well, if you are a hypnosis practitioner with training in regression of any kind, then head on over to tribeofhealers.com. Um, I only teach postgraduate uh, courses for professional development. Um, the book, The Devil's Therapy, uh, you know what? I've had people who are not hypnosis practitioners read it and go, oh my gosh, this was fabulous. They really enjoyed it. So I don't know, uh, you know, it may, it may appeal to non-hypnosis practitioners and then that's available on Amazon. Well, they may end up like you, right? Like reading it five times and then going to getting <laughs> certification, right? And saying, whole new career path here. Right? Oh, wouldn't that be wonderful? <laughs> yeah, it was a really good book. It is a really good book. And I love the, um, the metaphor that's used throughout it. So again, thank you so much for being on the podcast. My pleasure. truly enjoyed today's episode. Remember that you can get free hypnosis downloads over at my website, drlizhypnosis.com, D-R-L-I-Z hypnosis.com. I work all over the world doing hypnosis. So if you're interested in working with me, please schedule a free consultation over at my website and we'll see what your goals are and if I can be of service to you in helping you reach them. Finally, if you liked today's episode, please subscribe to the podcast or tell a friend. That way, more and more people learn about the power of hypnosis. All right, everyone. Have a wonderful week. Peace.